Hey guys, welcome to Let Me Talk Podcast Season 2, Episode 48. Caroline George is an actor, writer and producer. In today's episode, we talk about the beginnings of her career in the entertainment industry, her play that she's currently starring in called The Marriage Agency, and give you a little insight into how we met and how important it is to build a network around you. Without giving anything else away, let's get into this episode. Hello, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. Hello, Zoe. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, well, I am in performance mode and today is my day off. So I'm very excited to be spending my evening with you on my one day off this week. You are busy, busy, aren't you, Caroline? I am at the moment. I am excited to say that I am busy being an actor, which is always the dream. Um, I am in a show called The Marriage Agency, which is at KXT um, in King's Cross. So Love it. we are in our final week of production. It finishes this Saturday. Too good. And we won't give much away because we've, we've got to get to that part. Yes. We but will. it's it's amazing just to have you on here with knowing how busy you are at the moment. But I'm sure that um, this this is just going to be the beginning of so many more things to come. I hope so. It definitely will be. So we start the podcast with a rapid fire. Okay. Which is exciting, gets us in the feels and gets us into conversation mode. A little bit it. nervous, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be nervous. Okay. It's very easy, very simple. Okay. So the first one is what actor inspires you the most and why? Um, I will say that uh, as a young actress, um, Kate Blanchett for sure, mm. um, and I was very lucky to see when I was in school, um, watch her in a performance of Sweet Phoebe. I think it was at the Ensemble Theatre, um, nice. and it was amazing. And that was just and being being at school and just watching her close up and that emotion um, was just so awesome. And you know, we went as a drama excursion. So Kate has always been um, a massive inspiration to in terms of getting my career started. But yeah. you know, since then, I love Tony Collette. Rose Byrne is just Brilliant. amazing. If I could have any, if I anyone else's career. Um, as a fellow Aussie, it would a hundred percent be Rose Byrne. Like just her, um, I love her. her. I know her range, like comedy, drama, everything. She's just brilliant. She's great, and I actually met her in Sydney. Did you? Yeah, I met her in Sydney. I went to one of her theatre shows, and it was so good. And like, I was so excited to meet her. And she, good time. And she's just, she's just so um, humble as well. Like she just comes across as just really lovely and approachable and I, I really admire that about Without her as well. Yeah. She's 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 really like she's quite big in both countries and yeah. she doesn't she doesn't it doesn't come off like that with her. Like she's very Exactly. Mm, yeah. Totally. It, everything about her is, is is said if I could if I could have that, um, that would just be an absolute dream. Without a doubt. The next one is T V or film. What do you prefer to watch? Oh, well, I mean, you know, with everything that we can get, um, you know, with the streaming and everything, I mean, I, I love, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I love TV, I guess, at the moment more mm-hmm. so. 
uh, just the episodic nature of it. Like you just get these mini films in, 100%. um, and you, and you get to just like films now these days. You're like, oh, that's too short because mm. you just want to like get more and more of a story. I'm, I'm watching, um, I'm watching uh, Tell Me Lies at the moment on Hulu. Oh, wow. I've just started How that. How do you get Hulu? Are you a little VPN user? <laughs> VPN. I'm a VPNer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to be a VPNer, but like I'm not a VPNer now. But I should be because I love Hulu. Yeah, Hulu is really fun. Um, so it's this. Uh, it's set in a um, a New York college, um, and you know it's a bit. It's a bit. Um, well, you know, just uh, American college style. But I'm so into it. I'm completely. Yeah, I love all... that stuff though. Like I'm. Yeah. A, I'm a sucker. Like I, I'll just admit it on here now. I'm a sucker for a teen drama. I love yeah. It. I live for it. Exactly. Like a college drama. I love it. It's just, um, and some of them are like really good. Do you know what I mean? Like the iconic ones, like the OC and One Tree Hill. That's that. That is all life. about it. That is living. There's nothing like like some of my friends will say to me like, "What haven't you watched?" Like if anything's already hit, they're like, "You've already finished it, haven't you?" Um, mm-hmm. I'm a massive insomniac, so I spend a lot of time during the night watching practically anything and everything. Yeah, like there's a new the the they did the reboot of like Heartbreak High. And that was on Netflix. That's just started Netflix. that. I yeah, started and I literally that, yeah. I finished that within like two days. Like, I, and everyone's like, "Have you watched it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've watched it." And it was like really, it's actually really good for like an Aussie teen drama. Like, we yeah. don't we don't have that many of them. Like, we're not like overloaded with them. But it was it's so good and the dynamic of like the cast and then yeah, it, it's so good and it directed by a female director. So I just feel like it just makes a difference a little bit. Sometimes. Have you seen um, Bump, Zoe? Yes, the same um, uh, director is uh, Bump is the one that did Heartbreak High. Yeah, Rachel. okay, because Bump I'm obsessed with, absolutely. Gracie, I think her name is Gracie, Gracie Otto. Oh, okay. She's well, really that's good, good to know for our yeah. future projects. Yes, she's great. <laughs> um, the next one is Blockbuster and Indie. What do you prefer to watch? Oh, they both have their place, don't they? Um, I they mean, do. you know... I just recently watched, um, when I was in Melbourne, I went and saw um, Top Gun Maverick at IMAX in Melbourne and, you know, absolute mozzarella fromage for a cheese fest. But, (laughs) but, I mean, you can't, and just in the IMAX and everything, you just, it was just such an experience. But then, you know, some of the smaller films as well are just awesome. Um, Yeah, so equal, equal. Without a doubt. And the last one is, when are you most inspired? Sorry, there was a like. I feel like I'm on the like Sydney runway at the moment. So like <laughs> a giant like plane just went past. So I completely missed that. Say that again, please. Sorry. <laughs> the last one is when are you most inspired? Um, probably watching theatre, like and just watching things happen. And when now that I'm doing it live, it is so scary. But yeah. when you're in the flow, you just realise all of these things that start coming to you in that moment. Like the way that, um, like my, you know, my show yesterday in comparison to the show that I did a week ago is completely different. And I feel like I, watching that unfold when I go to the theatre as well and realising, oh, my gosh, like anything could go wrong, but so many things go right as well. And people, you're watching people find these like new moments um, and it's happening right in front of your eyes, whereas obviously um, 
film and TV, it's very heavily crafted and it takes a lot to get that perfect shot. But to watch something happening right in front of your eyes is, yeah, that is truly inspirational. A hundred percent. Stand-up comedy as well is something that I've always wanted to try and just so I think is so impressive and people who do that are just so you know, brave. I give my hat off to them. I, I, I wanted to try it too, but I'm, I think I'm like so scared. I'm like, I don't know if people are going to laugh. Hey, like, I don't it, know. Exactly. But I mean, there's a part of that, like, you know, that kind of adrenaline and that thrill of almost failing as well is kind of, you know, I think anyone yeah. who's in this industry, we're always, you're a sucker for failure anyway, when you yeah. do this. So, exactly. you know, why not push it to the, to the limit and go all out with any possible way of doing it. So like, you know, yeah. Definitely. Stand-up comedy. Well, you did well. You did well. Um, <laughs> no need to freak out. You did really good. Um, Maybe sorry, an A minus. A minus. No, <laughs> A plus. We don't have no A minuses in this um, podcast. It's all A pluses. Thanks, Zoe. No one has an A minus so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me you your acting beginnings. Like, was this always what you wanted to do? How did you get started? So if I really track this back, um, the first thing that I do remember is that when I was asked, I want to say like under five years old, what I want to be when I grow up, Mm. I said that I wanted to be a clown. And, you know, my (laughs) my mum and my parents were obviously horrified, but they Mm. could sort of see where that was coming from because I was um, like one of those kids at birthday parties that when the clown came, I was very excited, but I'd try to steal the clown's thunder or, you know, like the minute the clown would be like, Oh, you know, you know, can I have a volunteer? Like I wouldn't let anyone volunteer. I'd already be running up there and like trying to be the clown's assistant. And yeah. yeah. So now when I think about it, that's that's where it all comes from. And and not, not only that, like when I'd have play dates with um people from school and stuff, it would always be like, you know, so the you know, you you'd say, Okay, you know, the play dates from, you know, one to three PM or whatever. Mm. I would already be like, okay, you know, one to two o'clock, we have lunch or something. And then two to three o'clock, I would be like, right, so we're going to um, do a play. And so, yeah. on, and then I would, tell, you know, tell my, my my parents and whoever was at home, you know, you, you can come to the patio at like, you know, 2.40 or whatever, mm. and the play would be, so I would be telling my friend that like, I'd come up with this story and we'd be rehearsing. So every time you were in, like you came to a play date at my place, you were going to have to put on a show and it always yeah, had to something. end in the show. <laughs> I mean, it's so embarrassing to think about that now. And, like, what an absolute, like, can you imagine, like, people just go, oh, my God, don't go to Caroline's house because she's going to make you, like, perform. (laughs) Perform, (laughs) yeah. But honestly, that like, that's how a lot of um, people find their passions, you know, when you're younger and you're doing, like, you're trying out different things. And then if you're a performer, you're a performer. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people don't go ahead with it for various different reasons, but it just shows that you went ahead with it because it was your true passion. I mean, you know, obviously there were some deviations along the way because of yeah. having to pay the bills. And, you know, I think we all go through that crisis of conscience kind of saying, oh, look, maybe I'm just a bit delusional. This is a bit silly. But every single time that I've gone in to try something else, it, you always just get pulled back. So um, I, it's, a, it's a curse and a blessing at the same time. I really do wish... Um, that I was just happy doing a, a nine to five uh, profession because it would make my life so much easier. Um, but I just, I can't seem to, it will always it just keep like, pulling me back. In some circumstances, yes, but then you can look at it being like, 
people in nine to five jobs aren't necessarily happy. So it's kind of like we've got we've got the best, you know, because we yeah. can we can whilst we're doing this and stuff like that, we're still kind of working maybe not in a nine to five job but we're working another job whilst we can whilst we have time to hustle and do our little creative ventures totally like that. so best yeah. best of both if you can manage both I mean I know for me I'm really bad at multitasking because I I get very focused on you know one thing at a time so yeah. to have and like every time that I have been pulled into the corporate world I feel like I lose out on on my acting so you know right now I'm in a place where I'm like okay you know completely laser focused on on the acting career and um paying the yeah. bills is sort of less less on the priority list at the moment For sure so when you were at school like when when you got older like high school did you do theater or anything like that or was your school not really oh my gosh so school high school well all through all through primary school there was always you know um end of year plays and all of that and obviously I was involved in every single one of them <laughs> at high school at high school year seven to drama you know absolutely loved it then when it came to um picking you know the senior um the senior subjects I mm. was like I I didn't pick um drama for you know the end of year exams and um so I put in I you know I put I submitted my subjects and um, I just, all I saw was my year 10 drama teacher, like well, I was in homeroom mm. and I just see her come like charging, charging down and like, you know, start banging on like the door. And she says to my homeroom teacher, I need to speak to Caroline George. And I'm like, oh my God, well, what's, mm -hmm. what's happened? And she was looking at me and just like this stern face. And she was like, why didn't you pick drama? And, so, and I, I, I actually did say, because it's not a real subject. She was like, are oh. you? Like she was so offended yeah. and she was like, if you do not do drama for your HSC, like, you know, you will regret this and, you know, this is something that you need to do. If you need me to speak to your parents, is it your parents? Is it your parents that are holding you back? And I was like, well, I think that's partly it. And and she was like, you get them in there. You get them in here and I will speak to them. So, yeah, in the last minute I finally changed to to HSC drama and then our group performance um, got picked for on stage. Which That's was the so yeah so and then everything just kind of really changed so my I owe everything to my year ten drama teacher who who completely showed me that there was something in me that I should kind of keep pursuing yeah. That's amazing. And then from high school, did you go to university or were you just hardcore into acting? I, and I started a um a media law degree at Macquarie University and um oh, yeah, the sign the sign for me um was that part of the media part of it you could pick all of these like a few electives mm. and I just kept picking all of the drama electives and all of the other stuff I was like oh I just never really like got into it it was just so boring and I would put everything into you know all of that and mm. I just thought after a year of of that I was like okay, I really just need, I should just focus on the acting. And um, yeah. I went to, I went to an acting school and, you know, signed up for like a, th a three-year course. Yeah, nice. um, and I, I got through um, a year of it and finished, you know, the first, the first part of it. And um, I got off offered and um, I got offered representation in my, and in my young sort of naive uh, mind, I was like, mm. oh, isn't the goal of um, acting school to get representation and you know i was probably being a bit cocky and i was like well i've got representation now what's the point why do i need mm. to keep going 
to acting school then. And so I did I did um pull out of that and you know focus oh, really? on Yeah, I did. And and then but what I did realize from there, so I I was so I said I I, I stopped acting school from then, but then and then was getting um, you know, a few audition a few audition requests. But I was told by my agent about my look and this is this was what the big shock was to me all through school and all through you know um even in, even in acting school none of no one ever spoke to me about my look it was yeah. all about talent and i was always encouraged in that way mm. and you know my agent you know did apparently pick me for you know a, a talent but then when when it came to um auditions they said to me look you know um and they weren't rude or anything about it but they just said um you know in your category we and they said we would categorize we would put you in a category of exotic so you would be up for roles like you know maybe hawaiian or you could pass as maybe spanish and and they said you know we will put you up for everything but don't expect a lot of auditions because you know like that that's there aren't a lot of um roles for your look and I and I I just it was the most like what like you know at school I was getting off I I would play an 80 year old man and you know no one would like that night so it it just didn't occur to me and that again the fact that they call it exotic exotic, is like the funniest thing like you can just see like I'm some kind of like pet in a cave <laughs> yeah like you're a tiger or something like exotic character you, you can actually see like compared to like obviously back then how long ago was that like early 2000s well, we, won't, we won't talk about a time because you know that, <laughs> well, that we're, might... we're, 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 we weren't ahead of the times we, we weren't were ahead very, of the time. we were very yeah. way back and if someone said that to you now you would literally be like well they would be up for some kind of like harass like not harass, um, discrimination <laughs> exactly like you'd be like you can't um, say anything no, like that. wow that's insane exotic i, I yes I don't like that word in terms it's, of it's Yeah, it's terrible. Like at, at first I was like, oh, and then I was like, actually, that sounds, that's probably not very nice. But I was just going to say, so then it made me think, right, mm. um, I love Australia and I never thought of myself like as, as going to live anywhere else, but it just occurred to me in that sort of moment that like I was looking at British um, TV and film and I was like, ah, there are a lot of um, South Asian uh, South Asian people represented on on screen over there. That's yeah. probably where I need to go if I'm not going to get anything there. So, like, you know, within sort of six months of that kind of conversation, I was on a plane to London. Yeah. Wow. That's that just that just shows you like first what it was like back then and now how how and much better we're doing. We're well, not perfect, yeah, and, and, but we're they're doing better. Exactly. And cut to now being at a you know and a and. An in, a prominent independent theatre at KXT, where it's a it's a show about a South Asian family. Like mm. our director last week, when we were we were in our final rehearsal and our final dress rehearsal, and you know we'd sort of finished it, and we admittedly hadn't had a good rehearsal, and we the cast were all feeling a little bit low. And our director was like, "Look, you know, don't worry about it." And he just he started to get um, a bit teary, and he was like, "The one thing that I just saw was like, how long has it taken?" Like he said, "We're doing a show." for you know an australian audience but it's it's a south asian you know it's featuring a south asian family like that is just 
when you think about back then when I was called exotic, that would be completely unheard of. No yeah, one, exactly. like imagine going to the STC, like it's, it wouldn't be unheard of as well. STC doing like a South Asian or anything mm. like that. You'd be like, yep, that's fine. Oh my gosh. Like I was also told, like, I remember saying to my agent, like, oh, I'm really into Shakespeare. And mm. they were like, well, that's never good to have. Oh, my God. Like, you know, they were like, that's no, well, you know. And you can't, like, because I couldn't even imagine. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm never going to play Juliet, am I? Because Juliet but, wasn't like, brown. But, like, at the end of the day, that's also them just with the knowledge that they have of Absolutely. the industry at the time. So they're no not disrespect. really thinking, like, you know, they're not really thinking the way a 22 2022 agent would Correct. be there thinking of uh, whatever timeline we won't mention because I don't know you're not allowing me to know that <laughs> um, I'm timeless yeah. Zoe so wherever you want to place it you can place it you like are that. timeless but I feel like you know maybe early 2000s whatever at whatever time it was back then they weren't thinking like a 22 2022 agent would think now so exactly. 100% no disrespect to anyone I just know like, like, exotic only... is a little bit of a crazy word to use yes but, yeah. and I don't think that they thought that that was mean I thought they were giving me a compliment by saying that like you know trying to say that I'm rare and unique and stuff but obviously yeah. it's it doesn't come it's not really ideal in the 100%. connotation of that um but yeah I and 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 also I remember when I when I went to London as well like um mm. and I would meet casting directors in an audition and they would say oh okay you're Australian and they were like yeah Australia's pretty racist I know why you would have left and I was like oh no 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 not I didn't I never grew up with racism and I wouldn't necessarily call what I personally experienced racism. I just realized at the time that my brand wasn't right for that market. It's like trying to sell, you know, like ice to Eskimos. That's not, that, that's not what they want. So I'm going to go where my brand is more in demand. That's all that I thought. And I think yeah, that's 100%. the way you need to go about your career. You can't just expect that you're going to be for everyone but you will find a place where you do belong and so find more of those places yeah without a doubt so tell me about tell me about the play tell me the process your character and I guess the big differences that you find between theater and film in your like process so um Ah, uh, this 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 is an actual. This is a really um, ridiculous story as well. So mm. I was in a show last year at KXT called Three Fat Virgins Unassembled, and uh, that was on uh, no that was on in November, and the auditions for that were in uh, around April. Yeah, around that time, um, and I'd only recently kind of come back from LA and was just sort of you know feeling my way out in Sydney. I still wasn't even sure if I was going to be staying here because all of my personal, like all my entire life, um, is actually still in LA. Like all of my personal belongings are in storage, and I need to figure out what to do there. But that's another story. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I was I was here thinking, okay, yeah, you know, but let me just start to explore what the acting seems like. And mm. so I saw this audition, and then. At the same time, my sister said to me, oh, hey, um, there's this show called The Marriage Agency and it looks like the the final show is on your birthday on September 4th. And she's like, I actually know the writer, Saman. Um, why don't I get you tickets and I'll take you for for your birthday. I'll book tickets now and, and we'll do that. And I was like, that sounds amazing. And I was like, oh, actually, I'm going through this audition process and, and if I got that, then mm. the marriage agency will have just finished and I would go on to KXT the week after. And I was like, oh, my God, how amazing would that be, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, as it oh. turned out, I did get the role for Three Fat Virgins. Mm. Um, however, we went into lockdown. And oh, so everything yeah. everything in that particular season kind of got cancelled and we were all put on hold. 
And then basically what happened was, so as it kept getting later and later, so, mm. you know, even our show was meant to go on in September, but, you know, we were all still in lockdown then. Yeah. Uh, when we when we kind of got the word that lockdown was going to come out in the middle of October, KXT came to us and said, um, we're, we're going to do, I think it was one show, uh, one or two shows for the end of the year, and mm. they wanted our show to be the first one back after lockdown. Yeah, so amazing. that's how we got um, over there. And and in saying that, the marriage agency got postponed to mm. to this year's season. So cut yeah, to wow. to cut to uh, this year. And um, I also met uh, during through Fat Virgins. I met the director Kenneth um, mm. during our rehearsal process, and so kind of got to know him. And then you know we briefly talked about the marriage agency and stuff like that. And you know he was saying that it was all cast, and you know and I was like, yeah, great. And and anyway, he'd sort of also sort of said, well. You know, there were two female roles and I didn't fit in, in the age-wise, I didn't fit into either one. Like the yeah. the, the older, sort of the older one and the younger one, I was probably somewhere in the middle. So mm. it was like, so then I felt better. I was like, okay, well, I did, I couldn't have really got that one anyway. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, cut to, cut to this year. It's only been, I want to say six weeks. Mm. Um, I get a call from, uh, or, uh, Kenneth messaged me on Facebook and he yeah. was like, oh, hey, um, not sure if you'd be interested, but with with you know all of the flu and the and the plague and all of that stuff still going around, we would like to know if you would be interested in being an understudy for this for this yeah. show um, for for Jen, who was the the lead at the time. And mm-hmm. I was just I um I was I've always been when I from the moment that I met Kenneth, I was like, oh my god, I absolutely want to work with him at some point. So mm-hmm. I was ready to just do whatever. Just yeah. whatever he said, I was like, yep, yeah, absolutely, would love to be involved. Uh, so that's that's how I got involved. That was on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then he said, okay, first rehearsals are uh, this Sunday. You can meet the cast, you know, come to that. I was like, yep, yeah, I'm in. Saturday night, Zoe, I'm just about to go out, go go to the theatre. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, 6.30 on a Saturday night. He goes, uh, hello. Um, <laughs> so uh, our lead will not be doing this role <laughs> anymore as she has been offered another job would you like it no. what he goes yeah well if you would then you start tomorrow and <laughs> the first rehearsal will be you like rehearsing so with amazing. the rest of the cast so that's how the role came into my it's life just meant to be i think so um and uh, yeah it has been quite quite the role it's been i've loved every i've loved every second of it um yeah. what's the premise yeah. what's the what's it about like it's it's about um uh a, a married so it's called the marriage agency um mm-hmm. the, 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 there is a couple the central couple uh naz and uh naz and taz i play taz mm-hmm. and it, naz wants to come up with a marriage agency he has this idea that um he's you know he's a big dreamer and he mm-hmm. loves love and he wants now that he's we had an arranged marriage in india and then we've both um, I've brought him back. I've brought him back. He's come back to Australia <laughs> to live with with me, and he's now, you know, settled into Australian life. But he's now like, why don't I arrange marriages for all Australians? In fact, that's one of the lines. He he thinks, you know, oh this God, would be so this would do great in Australia. You know, not just for um, the South Asian community, but for everyone. You know, his whole thing is is like. Why leave it up to a chance meeting in a pub? You know, let me let me do the work for you, and I can I can find you your perfect partner. So that's yeah. the premise of it. However, it ends up being about really about Naz and Taz's 
relationship and mm-hmm. and and basically everything that surrounds all of that and maybe some blind spots that mm-hmm. both of them have yeah and what are the like what would you say the um similarities are between you and your character taz taz oh taz? taz yeah kaz i'm kaz taz naz yeah. yeah um well that that's that's really interesting uh so my family came and saw it yesterday and i mm. was I, there was a lot of i had a, I was obviously very nervous about it but because there is a lot of similarities and like some of the lines that i say as taz i was thinking my family and you know close friends or people who have known maybe my journey are going to think did she like write those lines like is she just saying this as caroline so mm-hmm. yeah there i you know i i was in a long-term relationship and yeah. so there are definitely which you know is is no more so there was very, definitely very definitely have some similarities there's there some parallels that's for sure easy and way easy ways to connect to the character for sure yeah, nice. yeah and my my um my dad bless him like you know like he was front row in his wheelchair and um i you know i came up to him after the show and like he had tears in his eyes and i think it was because he's probably seen that emotion with me at home and he could probably just go well that's 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 an emotion that i've seen before at home and yeah. i think it really affected him as well so, that's so good and so um what do you hope like what are your hopes and what do you hope people get out of it like take away from the play you know when they're watching it what do you think they what do you hope that they come out with I'll tell you what some, something or some feedback that we've already been been getting like yesterday um you know we call we call um uh older like indians like you know auntie and uncle like even if we don't know them and it, you know yeah. just that's a sign of respect auntie and uncle so um you know and a an an auntie so someone that wasn't related to me i'd never met before like as, as soon as she saw me she came up to me and she said you know that was beautiful and she said um i want to bring my daughter i want my daughter to come and see this because she's going through something mm. um similar to what you are and i think i'm i'm finding a lot of there are a lot of women that have come up to me afterwards and said, um, you know, I've, I've felt this before, or it's made them think like, gosh, I am going through something like this. And they are then going back and having conversations. I've had another, like a couple of other people say, I want to bring my husband to see it perhaps as a conversation starter, because hopefully that maybe like their husband or their partner can find, um, you know, can see something in maybe my character struggles that they can, that they can see in their own life. So that was something that was very confronting to me that I wasn't quite expecting. Um, but that's oh. that's what that's all that you ever want to do as an actor is to, you know, touch, motivate and inspire people. So even if it's for one second and it just becomes, you know, as I said, like a, a one conversation um, starter for even 10 seconds, then you've done, you've done your job. And there are so many yeah. lines in there that, people are taking away from like my parents um, generation you know they're coming up to me saying oh you know I remember my son saying something similar to what has been said in the play which is I don't feel Indian and I don't feel Australian so is it even if it's those moments where they can connect that's like mind-blowing to me and as I said it just makes me feel like that's we're doing we're doing the job that we wanted to do from the beginning which is share stories and connect with with others yeah and that's all you ever want to do share stories connect with others 
I mean, the strongest stories are the str- are the sorry, I literally just yawned. I don't know. <laughs> um oh my gosh by that boring <laughs> so. no it's i must just be tired and not realizing how tired i am but like whatever um but you know when it's like contagious like someone might have done it and then it's like come on to me um anyway, no no way if you I'm want so- an, if you want a nap and come back I'm <laughs> oh my god no way um yeah so that's what we all want you know to share stories the best stories are the stories that we know and that we can kind of convey and tell us tell our own stories and our own journeys and though and you know it's it's a testament to you because you're able to connect these stories through your character and it's relating to other people and and especially underrepresented um mm. communities like i just think that our the south asian community and a lot of them haven't experienced live theater before so i i play like tasneem this main character but i do play another um, a couple of smaller characters. And I think for mm. for some of the, um, you know, that generation, because they haven't been to the theatre, they don't realise that doubling is perhaps a, you know, a fairly normal convention in, yeah. in the theatre. But they for them, they found it a little bit confusing. They were like, oh, God, why is she, why is she this person <laughs> and that? You know, so, it, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're very used to, you know, maybe, you know, that linear type of film where they, you know, they can follow everyone. So I, I totally get that. Mm. However... You know, again, if they can just take these one-liners somewhere and find that message and finding something that relates to them, and also the fact that they're coming, you know, asking our particular community to come to King's to King's Cross <laughs> with that kind of stigma around it is a big yeah. deal. So the fact that they've been one, they've been able to come out of the house and find an outing, come to King's Cross, and then you know, like experience life theatre and take away something from it. Oh my God! Like just amazing without a doubt without a doubt well i just think it's awesome that you got the chance to do this in whatever way you know however it happened and how you got to play this and do and do this role like it's just meant to be and i think it's yeah. it's awesome to see that you're doing you know you're, you're doing something that's making an impact and it's not just um you know a generic story or something that's been told before it's yeah. like a different it's a creative story it's diverse and it's it's written well and like that's all you can ask for you know it's all exactly. you can ever ask for really and it's awesome yeah. um, and it's, it just makes me excited that how much Australia is changing I think for me coming back like I didn't mean to come back to Sydney you know I, I sort of had I fled LA in a way because of the pandemic and mm. I don't think I was expecting to stay in Sydney but I haven't thought about going back to LA to live because how much I can see um, Australia is progressing and I want to be a part. It's a really exciting place to be now to know that you can be part of that change and be yeah. part of that, you know, that um, that new beginning or that new sort of excitement with all of these stories. So, no, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I don't feel like I'm ever committed to any place in particular, but I'm yeah. 100% committed to where I can see progression is happening here for sure. Of course, and like you got this play, not not just because like you knew someone, but you it kind of you were connected through someone, and then that's how it 
kind of, ha- do you know what I mean? It kind of yeah. progressed from being connected to someone but, and things and, like and that. That's, and, and that's how our industry works. So all of our jobs are based on your previous performance, but that's how it works in any world. Like you have to have a resume of your previous performance to get you to the next place. And, you know, yeah. with ours, ours is just yeah. more, it's either on stage or on film. So it's mm. always connected that way. So, you know, as I said, like I was seen in another performance and he thought, oh, okay, well, that she makes sense to go with that so I mean that's how it's it is always going to go I just don't want it to be um like I just want to like I love the fact that like with my um with my agents you know I'm getting offered roles that aren't you know say South Asian it's the any ethnicity role so exactly it's not just yeah like I'm not being put up for all of that so that's what that's what's exciting too is that I'm not I don't want to just be involved in a story just for South Asian, um, yeah. a South Asian story. It, it can be a story for Australians, and Australians are diverse. Yeah, exactly, a hundred percent agreed. And I think, um, I mean, even it just shows like people, you know, whatever, like, and getting to know people. And their whole industry is about networking, getting to know people, building relationships, doing doing what you need to do in order to kind of. Building relationships, doing good work and having, and having, you know, a, a positive mindset of wanting, of wanting change and being part of that change. So, and, 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 you know, wanting, uh, being part of like Australia is always growing, you know, we, especially living, you know, for so long in, in LA and London and seeing those more established um, industries. It's so exciting to be part of um, an industry now, which is so we're excited to move forward. So yeah, a hundred percent. I am really sure. happy to be part of that. What is what would you say is next for you? What do you hope to do? Be doing after this um, show? Whether it's acting, production, what's next for you? Um, uh, can we share? Can we share what we'd like to do? I we've got we you and I definitely have some projects that we're talking we about. Do. We do. We we so that's. That's exciting. Yes, that's what I was. That's what I will say. So, um, <laughs> acting, yes, sign me up. Uh, script development, writing, producing, all of that. Um, that yeah. all looks to be on the cards, and also working with you. So that's what. 100%. That's what's next. And this is a this is an example of we are an example of net not even networking in like a formal setting. Like we met at a house at Jess's yeah. house. People like know Jess. I mean, they don't know her, but they will. They know her through this podcast. But and that's how we met. And then you connect, and you, you start and that's what this is all about. Is collaborating? Is, yeah, exactly. Bringing like-minded people together. And so, obviously, when you come to a situation like that, you know that you know if like yeah, meeting at Jess's house. I I didn't know anyone apart from Jess, but I knew that everyone was going to be a like-minded person. So yeah, yeah it was it exactly. was a done. It was it was one of those things where you're like, I'm not going to walk in there thinking, oh, am I going to be an odd one out? Um, yeah. And it was just amazing that you and I were sitting next to each other and we just got chatting and haven't stopped. I know, and it's great. And there's things coming up, exciting things, which I don't know. We I'm not going to give it away because <laughs> that just. But it's very it's, it's very very it's very exciting what it's the possibilities we have. And I'm sure we'll be on the podcast again talking about it once it's revealed. Oh uh, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, so we have reached into the podcast and at the end of each episode, um, 
I get my guests to raise awareness to something that's important to them that often gets swept under the rug. So what were you wanting to raise awareness to today? You know, and it's something that you and I have talked about before, which really is mental health. And I don't think it's necessarily being swept under the rug. I think there is, I think, again, Australia is, I can see a massive difference from when I left to now. It's so great to see um, just ads on TV about mental health, in particular men's men men's men, mental health. Like, you know, you've seen those ads where it's like, oh, you know, like the don't be a sissy and all of that kind of stuff. And they're sort of saying it's okay for um, men to cry and have emotions and, and all of that. And um, the focus on going to therapy and the fact that like during um, during COVID that Medicare was offering up to 20 sessions per year. I mean, that is amazing. And in, in America and the UK, they don't have, um, they don't have that at, at the moment. Um, and so to have that benefit here is yeah. pretty awesome. So again, mental health um, and, and in particularly um, for men, I think that there is still that stigma. So it's really nice to see that that's, that's changing, but there is a lot more work uh, to be done because I'm sure we can both say like from where we are, you know, our um, parents and grandparents generation, you can see oh. that you, that's not going to change yeah. overnight. And it's and still big, very, and it's a big shift and there's still people that I don't really understand mental health issues. Yeah. And mental health. And, it's, and, 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 you know, like, why are you, why are you upset? You know, there's no need for you to be upset or, you know, they're not like, when I think about my parents, they don't understand depression or what that means. Yeah. Or, and it's like a dirty word. Oh, you know, or they, or they've, you know, they've got some issues. Or if they, um, you know, I heard recently my, my parents sort of talking about, oh, so and so's, um, so and so's son is, has some problems with drinking. Yeah. No, it, they, the person doesn't have problems with drinking. They obviously have problems with other elements in their life, but they yeah. get, they get branded like as, you know, like, some kind of drunk or whatever and it's exactly. like dude that's not the issue here and i so, just feel like an addict doesn't really become an addict for no reason they exactly kind of become an addict because they're using something else to to, to mask the pain yeah, or to, to mask the, the pain. pain and to compensate for something that and, they don't have and they're and not you, getting you know and and people with um you know um advanced mental challenges um you can see them being like when you see them on the street or, you know, you can just see people going, oh, you know, like you can see the stigmas around it or being kind of just looked down upon. And there's so much going on that we just don't understand. And you just want, you just want to make sure that everyone gets that level of care and attention and that the yeah. signs, the warning signs are taken seriously the minute that they're shown and that we have the systems and care to support that. Yeah, 100%. I think as a society, as as a planet and as, you know, humans, we just need to be more sensitive to people and understand why understand why some people might be might be depressed, have anxiety, you know, be addicts, you know, there's there's reasons to everything and we we just need to learn to be more sensitive and more accommodating to whatever someone needs in order for them to be healthy and happy. Absolutely. So. And I'm living with, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't mind saying that I am living with my parents at the moment because they are both elderly and, you know, they don't want to, they are so adamant that they don't want to go into care. So my elder sister and I are actually 
you know, their mm. their carers. Um, and so we, you know, we're so lucky again in Australia that we have the aged care system. So we have yeah. people that do come into the house to do like showering and bathing and all of those kind of things. But, you know, the main day to day is between my sister and I, but it has really shone a light on to me about what our aged care services are like. And we are, we are definitely, we're, again, we're luckier, we're luckier here than say in, in the US, but you can see some of the carers, the stress that they're under. Yeah, um, and, 100%. and you can see some of the troubles that, and there they are having to like look after the most frail people in our society. And you can see the pressure that they're under as well. So I think it's really important that everybody feels that support. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think you put it perfectly. And I think that, you know, hopefully in time that, you know, someone saying that they're depressed, it's, it's, it's just, it's taken more seriously at the moment. It's taken seriously. It is, but there can be even more improved they, they can be even more improvements in even just a generational kind of view on things as well and um but i think we're getting there and i think that as long as us as people and humans we just consider other people's feelings and understand that not everyone is wired the same way we are yeah that's that's going to be a huge improvement and, and have a big and impact also then us us being um creators that we create stories that can shine awareness on these sort of issues we have the opportunity exactly. to be able to to you know represent the underrepresented and provide voices for their stories so that others can see that they're not alone um and and again if they're not getting support but they can feel supported you know through the arts and through the media without a doubt well thank you so much for coming thank on you. the podcast i'm so grateful that lovely. you came on and that we get to talk about these things and i will for sure have you on again at some point um uh, so we can talk about that. our projects and, yes you know just inspire people and continue to just tell people our journey because i think that's the most important thing so then other people continue on their journey and don't give up for sure and uh to anyone who's listening from sydney please come to the marriage agency this week um at kxt in particular thursday night is 20 dollars tickets um and we go until saturday love it so excited for you and so proud of you as well thank you thank you zoe and likewise Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find us on whatever podcast platform you use. And while you're still there, please leave us a comment, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you.